Just hours ago, a 97-year-old World War II veteran reenacted his jump onto the beaches of Normandy. Coronado resident Tom Rice has been jumping out of a plane for years to commemorate D-Day, the June 6, 1944 assault that began to tip the scales for the Allies in World War II. As celebrations begin in France, many worry that the 75th anniversary of D-Day may be many veterans' last. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Here's Rice explaining what it was like 75 years ago. The uh, Normandy jump in the dark was was uh, uh, amazing what happened there. I was in the door and looking out and, and uh, saw everything that was going on, even though it was dark, but it was quite illuminous. Yeah. As I looked out the door, I could see a hurricane of fire coming up from enemy positions as we swung to the right. And I got out of the plane and uh, floated down like a... Uh, uh, Apple blossom pollen. John Watkins, your features reporter for the Union Tribune, and we have a big anniversary coming up with the 75th anniversary of D-Day, and something miraculous happened. Why don't you explain what Tom Rice just did? So Tom Rice is a, a Coronado retired Coronado school teacher. He is 97 years old. He jumped out of an airplane on D-Day as a paratrooper with the 101st Airborne, and he jumped out of an airplane again today in a tandem jump. Uh, to commemorate the the original D-Day 75 years ago. It's certainly amazing that this man is 97 years old, and the ability to do that is truly, truly awesome. Yeah, he he's still... I first interviewed Tom uh, 25 years ago for the 50th anniversary, and he looks pretty much the same as he did then. And uh, he still can fit into his uniform, still fits into his jump boots, and uh, his only concession to age this time was he went to a CrossFit in Coronado for about three months before today's jump. So is that how he trained to get to the ability to do that? Yeah, he just he, he did some uh, weight training with uh, somebody at CrossFit just to get his legs a little bit stronger and his uh, shoulders a little bit stronger because it is a bit of a jolt when you land. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, doesn't parachute by himself anymore. He does it as a tandem jump. He's, he's strapped to the chest of a much long, younger parachutist, but he still has to put his legs down. He still has to handle the landing. So he joined the 101st Airborne, which is a very storied army military unit because he wanted an adventure. And he got one uh, 75 years ago, and he still likes to chase adventures. So so what is the history of this tradition of, of jumping out around uh, D-Day? So for him, he does it uh, as a way to honor his uh, fellow uh, soldiers who never came back from the war. He doesn't want them to be forgotten. And he knows that somebody his age jumps out of an airplane. People like me are going to pay attention to it. And mm-hmm. and then our readers and listeners will pay attention to it. And it will remind people of the ultimate sacrifice that a lot of people paid on that day and in the war in general. And certainly the 75th anniversary is something that newspapers you know, like to focus on. It is a really big number. But the number of people who served in World War II is dwindling. Um, do you have a sense of how many World War II veterans are still alive in San Diego? Oh, in San Diego, I don't. Um, you know, the, the total group was about 16 million Americans served in the war, and I think we're down to uh, somewhere around 400,000 probably now. They die at a rate of about 350, 360 a day. Mm-hmm. And when writing these kind of stories that, you know, are, have big historical impacts and affected many people, but certainly time takes its toll, how do you feel that San Diego's perspective when it comes to these historical events is different from the rest of the country because we have those strong military roots? That's exactly what it is. Uh, 
we have very strong military ties in San Diego, and we have a fairly, we do have a large World War II population, and also the sons and daughters and also grandchildren of World War II vets live in this community, and they tend to pay attention to the big anniversaries. In fact, if we were to uh, somehow ignore this anniversary, uh, we would hear from uh, lots of readers. Yeah, certainly. We have those long military ties, and World War II was part of what made San Diego San Diego with the Navy. Yeah, that's true. And another another th- important thing to remember about the, that group of veterans is um, many of them came home from the war and never talked about it partly because of what we just mentioned earlier, which is they saw people die there, and for them to come home and talk about what they did felt unseemly to them, and so they would not talk about their experiences. Many World War II vets died without ever sharing their war stories with their families, so in some ways this is a way for for the younger generations to learn what their ancestors did. Yeah, and you also spoke to Claire Martin, another World War II veteran. Why don't you recap his story that he shared with you? So Claire Martin was uh, was in the Army as well. A different infantry unit came ashore on Omaha Beach, which if anybody's ever seen Saving Private Ryan is the one where they were caught in a horrific German crossfire. And uh, he was a radio operator, and he and his partner, if you, it's hard to imagine with our equipment the size it is these days, but the radios back then were huge. Mm-hmm. He had to carry the radio. The other guy had to carry the battery. And their job was to get a get on the beach, set up the radio, and start contacting the ships offshore who would then communicate with the artillery crews to, to uh, lob their shells inland. The, the ramp came down on the landing craft and all hell broke loose and, and they barely were able to scramble up onto the beach. The radio didn't work. It was the beginning of a really long day for him. Uh, he, he wondered for a long time whether they were ever going to get off the beach. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned that you've done this story previously with the 50th anniversary. So in that 25 years, have you noticed a difference in the willingness of people to share stories? Yes. And I think I think it's the big anniversaries like this that have done that. Um, uh, and also around that time, well, earlier for some of them, but a lot of these uh, uh, veterans started going to reunions, started meeting with each other, and they started sharing their stories with each other. And then as they got older, family members would go with them as escorts to the reunions and would hear the stories. And so that just became a lot more comfortable uh, for them to share those stories. And it makes sense that veterans that served in the same conflict build a relationship and create a community. Is there like a cross-generational community with people who served like in Iraq or even Vietnam? I think there is, and, there, and, it, and it's happening more in, in this way, which is another of, the, um, of our Normandy vets, Jack Port who lives in Oceanside, North County, his whole life. He's over there, and his escort this time, he's he's 97 as well, his escort this time is a Vietnam vet. And so there are quite a few organizations out there that use um, younger military veterans as escorts for these older guys. And so it is a way for them to connect across the generations. Certainly, and, and having that kind of shared experience is really helpful for individuals to kind of, you know, share their stories to people who understand what it is like. Yeah, and I think in some ways it helps It helps both uh, groups of, uh, of veterans start to heal a little bit from what they saw and what they did. Yeah, the funny thing for me, as I mentioned interviewing Tom Rice for the 50th, we did a big, huge special section back then, which says something about uh, how newspapers have changed over time. We hey, don't do a special many, online presentation. We don't now. do many special <laughs> sections anymore. But but I remember talking to Tom and Jack Port also at that time, and they were going back to France. They said that, this is going to be the last time we'll ever go back. <laughs> you know, here we are 25 years later, and they're still going back. Tom Rice at 97 hopes to keep jumping until he's 101, a nod to the 101st Airborne Division. And and seeing him now and, 
and watching him over the years, I, I wouldn't bet against him. Yeah, I mean, if he's strong enough to jump out of plane in 97, you know, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, what's well, four more years, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. All right, John Wilkins, thank you so much. Thank you. I just want people to know that freedom comes at an awful deep cost. All the bodies, British and English and French and civilians, oh God. People who say, were you there? And I said, yes, I'm still here. And that's all I can say. In other news, the missing Julian fire truck is now back in the county's possession. Following a months-long battle with the region's last volunteer-only fire department, San Diego County Fire Authority's employees gained entry to the station and changed the locks. Voters decided to dissolve the former Julian Kayamaka Fire Department, but its volunteers refused to go without a fight. Now, the county fire authority provides fire and medical response services to the 87-square-mile region. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Try out some of our other podcasts, too. Our Ideas and Opinion team hosts The Conversation, which features interviews with newsmakers and experts about San Diego news and issues. And our sports department hosts Hot Lava about all things Padres. To see all of our audio offerings, go to sandiegouniontribune.com slash podcasts. Until next time.